Character of Sin Today's Scripture Galatians 5, 19-21 Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Bible in a Year, 1 Kings 6-7, Luke 20-27-47 Now as we start this new chapter of the character of sin we want to first understand the meaning of character. Character has many meanings but these definitions here give us a distinct idea of what is meant here. 1. Distinctive qualities, the set of qualities that make somebody, or something distinctive, especially somebody's qualities of mind, and feeling. 2. Positive qualities, qualities that make somebody, or something interesting, or attractive. I don't think it hard to understand that something is not right in the world, it should be obvious. From a godly point of view, that which is not correct in the world around us, is sin. Can sin be described in terms of substance, is it conceptual, or must we understand it in terms of conduct? Augustine said it is merely a privation, a negation of the good? What is the character of this thing called sin? We will find that it is a combination of all the above. In order to understand sin to some degree, we must first understand the relationship between God, and man. When we, as mere men, try to measure, or understand the character of sin we must first measure it in relationship to God, and man. God is the righteous and holy judge, and without Him and His holy righteousness, sin cannot be fathomed by man alone. Apart from God the sin of man cannot be fathomed. It is because of God, and His position to man that we even know sin exists. The essence of man's sin is not outward but inward, for sin is a matter of the heart, the mind, the reasoning and thinking of individuals. There are outward manifestations of the root of evil, and these manifestations are sin, but it is in the mind that the germination takes place. Man processes the thought of the evil in his mind, and then when it is imagined, and brought to fruition, it becomes ignited in the heart, and the evilness is brought forward, originating in the mind but coming from the heart. Erroneous Interpretations Regardless of the worldview, secular view or even the religious point of view there remains a problem in this world called sin. One of the modern excuses for sin is this, it is not sin, it's just the way we are. Many years ago a father, with his wife in the car also, took his children to the steel mill where he worked, telling the guard he wanted to show his kids the plant where he worked. Now the wife stayed in the car, anyway the father brought the children to the plant and placed them in a kettle that was used to move molten metal from place to place in the plant. He started the fire to the furnace, and killed his children, cooking them alive. These children were three years old and fifteen months old both boys. Now you have to ask yourself, how could a father do this to his own kids? Well the sin in this case began as a mental crisis that grew from a mental thought to a sinful, physical, action that led to murder as a person considered sick, mentally in this case, or was it something else that society refuses to address? I will tell you this, there is only two powers in the world, good and evil. God is good, and Satan is evil. 
Demons roam the earth looking for a soul to steal, and their entrance is through a godless sinful mind. If they can get the thought established then they can get the heart to bring it to fruition. It is obvious that there is something wrong, evilness abounds, on the individual level as well as corporate level, for this is not a perfect, and wholesome world. That which is not right in the world must be explained, the foolish and irrational would claim that there is nothing wrong with the world. Suffering must be explained. Regardless of the worldview, secular, or religious, there remains the problem of sin. There are many various interpretations of this problem called sin, and here are only a few. Sin is unreal. Sin does not exist. It is not real, it is an illusion, the result of improper thinking. Such a view is related to the spiritual nature of God, and the spiritual nature of reality. According to Christian science, sin is a delusion. God is spirit, and what he made is spiritual, and the spiritual is good. Man, therefore, having been made by God is spiritual, and good because God makes all things like himself, which means that all things are spiritual, and good. In fact, all of reality is good, with the understanding that all of reality is spiritual. So, the material world is not the real, it is unreal, for the real world is the spiritual world, not the world of matter. Dualism Dualism is prominent in the East, and according to this thinking spirit, and matter are both eternal, and both are in eternal conflict, with spirit being good, and matter being evil. Sin, or evil, becomes the result of the union of the spirit with matter, a soul inhabiting a body. Thus there is the need of the soul being delivered from the evil influence of the body, which is accomplished through various means such as abstinence, afflictions of the body, meditations, utilization of special knowledge, combinations of these practices, and other means by which the body is mortified in the hope of removing, or at least lessening its influence on the spirit. Sin, therefore, is something material, associated with the body which is composed of matter. In this scenario salvation becomes the deliverance of spirit from body, freedom is the result of the spirit being released from the limitations of the body that restrict the spirit, and inhibit the spirit. The soul must be set free. Eliminated is the moral character of evil. Choice and will are not as important as existence, and the improper union of body and spirit. Accountability to the personal God who is moral is not a consideration. Such thinking is contrary to the Christian worldview, which is predicated on believing, and revelation, and the responsibility of man for his disposition and deeds. Instead of sin being eternal, Christianity affirms that it is not eternal but came into existence after God's work of creation. Sin is learned by example, and practiced by imitation. There is no inherited sinful nature, so each person is born with a good nature, or with at least an innocent nature. It is improper to speak of an infant being evil by birth, for sin is learned by the child through observation of those around the child. The sin becomes personal sin when the individual begins to practice the sin that he has observed in others. Potentially, therefore, each person could remain apart from sin, and live contrary to the example seen in others. Each person could live a good life, without absorbing sin. Thus sin is something from without the person, it is conduct that is learned and then practiced. It is not that which is within the person, i.e., a sinful nature. The essential unity of the race in terms of sin is rejected. There is no sinful state that is automatically, or inherently true of every person.
There is no sin nature that is passed down from father to son, either by representation, or other relationship. Sinful state and sinful acts. 2. Unlike, and yet related facts must be maintained when considering the evil that is characteristic of man. 1. Man's state is a state of sin, and 2. Man commits sinful acts. Sins flow from sin, that is, sinful acts arise from a sinful heart. When speaking of man we will see that corruption is a condition as well as a practice, this means that evil acts arise because of an evil nature. A bad fountain yields polluted water, man commits sins because he is sinful. And for both he is guilty. This twofold tragic situation of man is clearly taught in the scriptures. Numerous passages suggest the difference between man's condition, and his conduct, or between his state, and his deeds. These verses are just a sample of those that teach the two aspects of man's existence. Man's condition, the principle of sin. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me, Psalm 51 5. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Matthew 15 18-19 The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil, Luke 6:45. Behold! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John 1 29. Both Jews and Greeks are under sin, Romans 3 9. By the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, Romans 5 19. That the body of sin might be brought to nothing, Romans 6 6. But sin, produced in me all kinds of covetousness, Romans 7 8. I am of the flesh, sold under sin, Romans 7 14. But sin that dwells within me, Romans 7 17. Man's conduct, the practice of sin. For there is no one who does not sin, 1 Kings 8 46. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities, Psalms 51 9. He will save his people from their sins, Matthew 1 21. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil, Luke 6 45. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3 23. Be angry and do not sin, Ephesians 4 26. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, 1 John 1 9. Without controversy these verses teach a principle of sin, and a practice of sin. Man is characterized by a condition, or a state, that is sinful, and is also characterized by actions, that are sinful. The relationship of the two is that the practices arises out of the principle, the conduct out of the condition, and the actions out of the state. Man does what he does because man is what he is, he sins because he is sinful. It is not that his sins make him sinful, but that his sinful condition causes him to commit acts of sin. Man is sinful, and commits sinful acts. Sin, therefore, is inward and outward. Initially, it is an inward disposition of rebellion that manifests itself in an outward display of evil. Both the inner musings, and the external deeds are evil. Man is accountable to God for who, or what he is, and also for what he does, which means that man in his total existence must stand before God. And before God man is condemned for both his condition, and his conduct, for both are deserving of punishment because man is guilty on both accounts. Neither the state nor the acts can stand alone, 
meaning that where there is the one dimension there is the accompanying dimension. Where there is the condition there is the conduct. And the truth is that the two are so closely connected that they cannot be separated. Where there is the one there is the other. If there is a state there will be an act, and if there is an act then it indicates a state. There is such unity between the two that there can be no disconnection between the two, they are so intricately related that they are one. This private and public display of evil are foreign to the original creation of God. Man was created in a state of goodness with no inclination toward sin. A story I remember from my college years went something like this, there were two families living in different states, and with different spiritual ideas and upbringing. One never attended church, and had no spiritual foundation, not believing in God they just went with the flow of an evil world. Their children were born, and raised in the same ideology, and through their lifetimes they were a severe burden on the parents, and their country. They were mixed up with all types of abuses in drug, alcohol, and many small crimes, spending years in jails and prison they all passed away with evil hearts. They never understood the truth about there being a God or realization of sin. Their sin begot sin, and so forth. The other family on the other hand went to church, supported their communities, believed in God, and worshipped Him wholeheartedly. Having a family also they reared their children in a Christian home with a foundation based on the Word of God. These children grew up believing in God, and worshipping God as did their parents, and were extremely successful in life. Becoming teachers, professors, doctors, and in some cases political giants in a grateful nation. The difference between the two families is a very simple one actually, one identified sin, and believed in their condition, and realized they needed God in their lives. The other only lived to exist, thinking probably that the world owed them something, not realizing the truth about sin, and the condition of the human heart. So from their heart of sin living came the blinding lies of the devil, and sin begot sin, and each sin produced a deeper condition of evilness, until finally after sin, there is only death.